0: Hello and welcome to the Recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The Recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into just know we're excited to have you here with us today welcome back to the recap this is the april 2nd episode of the recap and we are in exodus leviticus john psalms and
1: proverbs proverbs yes i'm excited to get into psalms me too. Although I, I didn't read Psalms. I'm so you know, sorry. Well, it's just the very beginning and yeah. I, yeah, it's just the first couple chapters.
0: It's the, that's the only part um, I didn't read.
1: I'm not that this is, I'm now curious because you guys know I'm reading through the message this year. I think Psalms is going to bother might, you maybe a little bit because there's so much of Psalms. That's so familiar. Yeah. And it's not familiar in the Mm -hmm. message. It's so, so different. Proverbs in the message is pretty great. He used the word dolt multiple times this week, which I thought was (laughs) hilarious, but I'm not sure if I'm going to love Psalms in the message.
0: That's funny. I'm recording in my car this
1: morning. (laughs) The room And yeah, this I... could be an interesting episode. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I normally record in my bedroom, but uh my husband has the second COVID shot, so he's <laughs> he's burning up. God love him. Aww. Uh anyway. So I'm in my car. This is hilarious. I just feel like everybody should know that. Yeah, <laughs> I yes, I it.
1: definitely I feel like <laughs> maybe there needs to be an image of this somehow. Right, right, You're right. in your car. I'm surrounded by boxes and jets. It's yes. just going to be a fun
0: one. Yeah. This is what we do. We, we have lives of pivoting. We just constantly pivot in the military. And right now Annika's undergoing a major pivot. Major Let's talk pivot. about this for a second. So Annika found out a month ago that she was going to have to move out of her house And the market in Virginia beach is just like it is everywhere else in the world where there's no houses available, which is why
1: I have to move out of my house because the the owner wants to make a ton of money right now. That's why. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, so she as a military wife is pivoting. She's figuring out, she's figured out where she's going to live. And now she's in the middle of packing up to get there. Her van broke down. She bought a brand new van because hers was absolute trash. (laughs) But little did she know
1: it was better than what she was going to buy. I I told, I was talking to Isaac. Oh, also my husband's deployed. So there's that too. But (laughs) I was talking to him the other day and I was like, I feel like I owe my old van an apology. Like I I feel like. (laughs) Took it for granted. Yes. Like I'm probably, I mean, my little brother is a mechanic and he's fixing her just enough so that I can sell it. But I might have to drive her again because I might not. Buy this, keep this new van that I bought. Oh yeah, and so I'm like, man, I hope she's not mad at me when I get her back. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: awesome. as stinky as it is that you bought a van that broke down in the middle of Virginia mm-hmm. on a four-hour trip, mm-hmm. CarMax does have a return policy. CarMax so... does have
1: a return policy, and I I have the van has been in my possession for about a week, so I'm within the window of that return policy a uh, uh, policy. So I'm actually just waiting to hear back from them today to find out what's going on with it. And if I'm even gonna bother fixing it or if I'm just gonna send it back
0: take start care. over. Yes, so there's a little context for you of what's going on over here. So when we don't dig in, maybe as heavily as you would like for Genesis 16, yes. 17, know that I'm old in my garage, we're gonna rip through this because I'm running on 49% battery power. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Funny way to live. Okay, so Exodus. um, Started in 38. Yeah, Exodus is in chapter 38. Um,
1: This was a lot more. Oh, wait, no, that was Leviticus, is what I'm thinking of. I think this, like, way, like, general overview. My takeaway from Exodus and Leviticus this week, and I know it's going to just keep going as we keep reading Leviticus. I was just reminded about like just the cost of our sin, what those, what the priests did. It's so bloody. The sacrificial system that God set up in order for sin to be forgiven. It's so involved. And I mean, you look at the tabernacle that was involved for that was more like I think when I think of that, I think more it's intricate and involved because it's God and it's his house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also the place where they did all the sacrificing. And I just, Leviticus hits me again with just how much it costs. And then how several times it's repeated in. Um, Leviticus, as, as they're explaining the sacrifices, the priest makes atonement for them and they're forgiven. Like the priest makes atonement and they're forgiven. The priest makes atonement and they're forgiven. And every time I got to that part at the end of a section, a specific section, I, it just made me so grateful because that's Jesus. Like he's a priest who makes atonement for us and we are forgiven. But the other thing in Leviticus five, there were a couple of things they're talking about when you don't realize that you sinned. Like as soon as you realize that your sin, that you've sinned, then you're guilty and you are required to do uh-huh. this, make the sacrifice to atone for it. And in verse five, five and six, it says, when you are guilty, immediately confess the sin that you've committed and bring as your penalty to God for the sin you've committed a female lamb or goat from the flock for an absolution offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for your sin. And then later on, if anyone sins by breaking any of the commandments of God, which must not be broken, but without being aware of it at the time, the moment he does realize his guilt, he's held responsible. He's to bring to the priest or ram without any defect. Thus, the priest will make atonement for him for his error that he was unaware of, and he's forgiven. It's a compensation offering. He was surely guilty before God. And I just was thinking about, like you read, you can't read Leviticus without being grateful for Jesus in the atoning sacrifice aspect and just that confession relationship aspect.
0: We're so glad you're listening to the recap with us. We'll get back to this week's reading in just a moment. Did you know that we're studying four different Bible studies in the book of Genesis this year? We just wrapped up our first one about creation through Noah. The next one is beginning March 9th and 11th. Please come join us as we study the story of Abraham. We're going to look specifically at how the gospel is reflected in this great man of faith. We've made it easy for you to join in any time. We have podcast recordings of every chapter we've covered on our network, so you can easily stay caught up. Come and see at
1: divecollective.org. It's clear. It's wiped away. The priest takes care of it. Now go. It's done. Yeah. Until you have to do it again. and it's But it's the same Yeah. It's the same process without the sacrifice because the sacrifice is once and done.
0: Yes. I think um, I have like so many thoughts from what you're talking about. One being the bloody nature of what's happening in this gorgeous tabernacle that's Mm. made so Mm -hmm. pristinely and intricately to us, it's bloody and messy and nasty, but like the blood it's like so precious to God. Like it's the lifeblood, like the lifeblood, the thing that brings, that makes our hearts beat and the blood course through our veins that makes us living, breathing people. It's like, it's precious to him. And I I think from that, I take what you're saying about you can't read Leviticus and not be so thankful for Christ. And I think it's true. I spent so much of my Christian life not knowing the word mm. like you can understand your need for a savior and have kind of a basic understanding of what jesus did but to read leviticus to read exodus to read genesis to read these like like the establishment of mm. god's covenant and purpose in the way that he works for his people and his love for his people like you it's the gospel. Like, it's so much more rich with the mm-hmm. understanding of with what's the happening. Yeah, of the, yeah. With the background information, what's happening here, because you, like, even in that, that picture of Moses finishing the work, mm-hmm. like where, you know, this is yeah. one of my favorite passages where Moses is, they're doing this work. Excellent. They're, yeah, in Exodus, they're yeah. they're they're building the tabernacle, they're putting it all together, and then Moses is putting it all together, and it's over and over and over again, just as the Lord commanded, just as the Lord commanded, just as the Lord commanded. He finishes the work. The last lines of Exodus are: um, Moses finished the work just as the Lord had commanded. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle this moment of finishing the work and the glory of the lord inhabiting his dwelling place Mm -hmm. just like you were saying a few weeks ago that this tabernacle is a picture the intricacy of it is the picture of the body of christ Mm -hmm. which he indwells us individually but the body as the body corporately Mm -hmm. and this is exactly you exactly what you're talking about it points to jesus but if you look at john like what we're reading this week with the Jesus's priestly prayer, is like all about I have finished the work. I have done the work that you've called me to. John that in 17. the message
1: was beautiful. I loved reading that in the message this week.
0: It was it. It was beautiful and e- yeah, ESV, But it's like glorify yeah. your son so that the son may glorify you. Glory and glorified is like is written in there like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And then it says, he says over and over again that I have finished the work. I've done everything just as you've told me to, mm-hmm. which is a picture of, um, of Moses doing everything just as he told him to. And then when Jesus breathes his last, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit that prayer also includes like the spirit that he's talking about the spirit that he's going to put in all of us and that's what he's doing he's giving up his spirit which is the same spirit that he's been promising them he's saying it's going to come and it's going to dwell in you and it's going to be your comforter and that's what he's doing he's giving up his spirit he finished the work just as the lord had commanded him he gives up his spirit and the glory fills the glorified that word of glory that he says over and over in that same priestly prayer like That's the glory that filled the tabernacle is the glory that fills us. He finished the work and his glory fills us. That priestly prayer in John this week, that was the highlight of my week. I mean, just his insane love for us. It's all highlighted.
1: Yeah, this is exactly what you're saying. I'm basically going to just say the same thing. To read what Moses did with the tabernacle, to read all of that, and then to have Moses say, done and to see God's glory come down. In John 17 in his prayer, Jesus says, actually I'm curious how it's translated in the ESV. It's somewhere in the middle of verses 20 through 23. He says, The same glory you gave me, I gave them. Exactly. And so yeah, just that whole idea, like comparing the tabernacle to the church, and it's mind blowing like that. Yes. And we talk often about how god is just the best storyteller ever but you it doesn't get better than this the way that god gives us pictures so that we have this capacity to understand what he's doing in our hearts we have the tabernacle and we have an actual tangible image of his glory coming down and filling the tabernacle so that we can understand What he does in our hearts and in our spirits when he sends his spirit into his church. Yeah, it's craziness.
0: It's craziness. Until you study the Old Testament and how it illustrates the New Testament, you can't fully grasp the beauty of the gospel without studying scripture. It Mm -hmm. just helps so much to understand in so many ways. Because it
1: reveals like the utter mess that humanity is also and how desperately we need the gospel Mm -hmm. in addition to all the beautiful ways that it pictures it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This week was really once again, grateful for the timing of the way this leading reading plan is just laid out because here we are walking in to Easter Easter weekend and then we get to read the end of John. Like, I know that it doesn't always yes. fall perfectly that way, but just thinking about all of these things happening, and here we are, this is the week where we remember and contemplate. And I just was grateful for that timing,
0: yes. One of the things that i i've been I read that book, um, Gentle and lowly. Um mm. uh, one of the things that it talks about in there is our mediator. Mm -hmm. Jesus as our mediator and the idea from this verse in Hebrews, I wish I had it memorized. I don't know Hebrews as well as I'd like to, maybe we should start studying Hebrews, Mm -hmm. but it talks about Christ being our mediator and that he's praying. Like he is actually praying on our behalf. And this Mm -hmm. picture that he, this author paints of Jesus praying for us all the time. Like he's up, he's in heaven praying for us. It's like, you could, if you could imagine him being like, you're, You're living your life and he's on the other side of the wall on his knees, like interceding for you, praying, Mm -hmm. praying for you, him as our intercessor, having that picture in my head, as I was reading the priestly prayer, it was like, that prayer is so like simple. He articulates his love for us in that Mm -hmm. prayer in a way that he doesn't anywhere else. It's almost like, I don't know if you, if you've ever really prayed with your spouse you get to hear a part of their heart Mm -hmm. that you can't hear. Like they're not going to say in conversation, it doesn't come up in conversation and they're not necessarily going to say how they feel about you, but you can hear how they feel about you in the way that they pray for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, there's just something really special about hearing Jesus's heart for Mm -hmm. the ones he loves in the way that he talks about them Mm -hmm. to his father.
1: Yeah. He he wants his people to know God the way he knows God, like like he. And to be one with them, he He wants to be
0: totally intertwined with them.
1: Yeah, he's
0: asking for an intimacy that's.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. He's God praying for us to God.
1: Mm (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyway, I've wrapped up all I think I have for the for the recap.
1: A couple other things that I noticed from John was in chapter nineteen. When Pilate is talking to Jesus, Pilate says, basically he's like, why why won't you talk to me? Don't you know that I have the, thor- the authority to pardon you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus says, you haven't a shred of authority over me, except what has been given you from heaven. Mm. I, I think just thinking about that, along with all of the other stuff we were talking about with the sacrificial system and the way all of this is like that Jesus is. He is willingly laying his life down. Like this is yes. Pilate's not doing this or any of the other guys he's on trial.
0: It's supreme servanthood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They have no authority to kill Jesus. Yeah. Unless he gives it to them. We see Nicodemus again too this week. Oh, Nicodemus, yeah. Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus at night the first time, comes now in broad daylight.
0: Yeah. And Josephus, Joseph, Josephus, Joseph
1: of Arimathea. Jo-
0: yeah. Joseph of mm-hmm. Arimathea we find out in another gospel as part of the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. So He's, he's a religious ruler as well. He and mm-hmm. Nicodemus are both religious rulers that who were, st- and it doesn't say that Nicodemus was, but Joseph, who was part
1: of. Secretly.
0: Yeah. Was a secret disciple. Mm-hmm. It actually says he was a disciple. Yep. And I don't know about you, but there's a part of me that kind of loves that you can be a secret disciple. Like that seems very gracious.
1: <laughs> it does seem very gracious. And it makes me think what happened after. It also was interesting, like, right. to me, this makes it sound like Nicodemus follows Jesus is what it makes it sound like in the end because yeah. he comes and takes his body in broad um, daylight in broad daylight. It's and like so I was changing. thinking, mm-hmm. yes, I was thinking about Joseph and Nicodemus because this is, like, almost the same paragraph where those two men are mentioned and how they both were in secret. But now that he's dead, he's not alive yet. He hasn't come back to life. Right. And now they're willing yes. to be public about their faith in him. And I was thinking about, yes. I mean, that's almost harder than had they just, followed him from the get-go outward or if they had waited for the
0: resurrection,
1: right? If they'd waited a couple of days, like what they do right here in coming out in the open with Jesus being dead is it's not repentance. It's repentance. And it's hard. Yes. Like as far as the way they're going to be viewed by people that yes. they're not doing an easy thing.
0: No, it's all of their people that mm-hmm. are shouting, crucify him. It's mm-hmm. all of their people who are stoning him and spitting on him. And me, these are the high priests and the high priest servants these are their colleagues. And Mm -hmm. they're basically like the very people who put him on the cross and despised him so much. These are their colleagues. And they're basically saying, you know what, I actually kind of love this guy.
1: I think he was right. Yeah, I think he was right. Yep. Yeah,
0: there's so much grace um, and beauty in those in that picture of those two. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, because you know, I read it last year. And I was like, Nicodemus was there. Mm-hmm. I never read that before. I didn't know that. And now this year reading it with an, an even more of a layer, it's like, God, there's always more surprises. Like, cause I didn't know that Joseph was part of the
1: mm-hmm.
0: Manhedrian until reading the other gospels with this one. I feel like it yeah. was just this year that I realized that Joseph was a part of. Just there's always more surprises to learn about. Mm-hmm. And then he gave him a buddy. You know, again, you know, I love it when God lets us yeah. take a buddy with us joseph didn't have to come out into the open on his own nicodemus came out with
1: him yeah oh god's so good i didn't think of that that is good.
0: what do you got? i don't remember anything from proverbs
1: all right let me look proverbs i feel like i underlined a lot of proverbs but I a lot of it was a lot. just i remember saying this last year when we went through proverbs i'm once again struck by just how much of it is relational. And how much of the relational stuff is wrapped up in just keeping your mouth shut, (laughs) which also makes me think about that book club book that we just, we just had book club last night and we read everything happens for a reason. And she's this woman going through grief. And one of the things that we talked about a little bit was just like, people say stupid stuff when you're grieving and just like all of that together and reading Proverbs this week. Again, I was just thinking, man, there's so much in there about, you know, like soft answer turns away wrath and the the wise keeping their mouth closed and the full opening their mouth and just mm-hmm. how relationships are saved by overlooking an offense and so many of those things that. And I also was picturing Solomon, oh, that's a good one, like jotting things down, you know, like <laughs> a little notebook next yes. to it, like these little one-liners that. I've never pictured the way Proverbs was written before until this time. But when I was reading it this week, because they're so disjointed, I mean, they're such yes. you know connected. But yeah, I was just picturing Solomon. Oh, I should write that down. In 1921, it says we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. That totally yes. makes me think of Sarah, Sarah and Hagar. Yes. Psalms, let me see. Yeah, Psalms was different. Like, I feel like these first few are really familiar and they were not the same. <laughs> I mean, I underlined some stuff, but
0: we could just, we don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, don't yeah, I would say that
0: the highlight for me this entire week was Christ's priestly prayer and how it's the fulfillment like what he's doing I I keep thinking too about Luke and where he says like I have been so anxious to eat this meal with you like he was so excited to eat Passover with them or had been looking forward to it so much and thinking about like what we're seeing in this week of John is that culmination of like Mm. it's happening this is really happening it's actually it's about to really happen and he's that priestly prayer of him like, I'm going to dwell with my people. I am finally going to dwell forever with my people completely and totally entwined with that. Like I'm putting myself mm-hmm. in them is what he's ultimately going to do. And he breathes on the disciples like that picture. Like, what does that look like? I mean, you see, I, all I can think of is Aslan breathing on the... Hey, is
1: that in John?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's in John. He breathes on yeah. the disciples. Can we see if I can find it so you can find it Yeah.
1: Um, during the Passover? Is this before? The no, hy-
0: it's after. It's actually after his resurrection.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But the tabernacle, you know, that the way it correlates to the tabernacle right. and his glory filling them. And Jesus is like, this is the, this tabernacle illustration is entirely with this whole gospel picture is from him looking forward to eating the Passover with them, his last meal with them and what he's about to do. And then he breathes on them. It's, uh, John 20 verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy spirit.
1: I totally breathed right over that.
0: I mean, that's the moment, right? He was just praying for his disciples. These ones of mine that I've kept these ones of mine that I have, I've protected like that. Priestly prayer is all about that. And now mm-hmm. he, it's three days after after the crucifixion, and eight, here it is. It's, yep. It's finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Thomas's response, my Lord and my God.
1: Right. Because they recognized that Jesus, they called him the son of God, but for Thomas to say, no, 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 my Lord and my God. yes. Right. You're there's yep.
0: That's a big deal to call mm-hmm. a man. God.
1: Yes. That is a really big deal,
0: but it's also a big deal to stick your fingers in <laughs> the wounds of a man mm-hmm. who was dead three mm-hmm. days ago. So I, yeah. I guess I get it.
1: We watched an episode of the chosen recently. and It was the wedding feast mm-hmm. one and Thomas is there. He's they make Thomas one of the guys like the wine the guy servants. Yeah. Oh. He's like the wine guy. And we're talking and, and like the whole, the whole show, he's like this kind of skeptical guy about, and then Jesus right before he's turning the wine, right before he's going to do it, he says his name. And I was like, oh, it's Thomas. Like the <laughs> way that they played that it's just really well done. Subtle. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, this is Thomas that's so cool yeah
0: all right that's the recap we will see you next week thanks for listening to the recap if you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading you might be interested in joining our in-depth bible studies where we model our version of inductive bible study you can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week